2: The following content is not suitable for children.
0: What do you do when your partner loses their attraction to you? Ouch. Yeah. We've got a listener who has called in, and we're going to talk about that. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
2: And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist.
0: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk
2: to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body.
0: George, before we begin, I just want to remind everybody that in October, I believe it's the Friday the 29th, we're doing our couples retreat, and you can sign up at com. We're excited about that, and we already have like three or four people signed up, so please come and join us.
2: Exciting. We'll be on Zoom. We're going to blink. It's going to be here before you know it, Lori. The summer's oh. dwindling. It's just...
0: Don't don't tell me that. I've got a wedding to plan. Oh.
2: Oh, that's a pretty awesome thing, now. Yes, yes. I know what a good planner you are, so that's going to be some <laughs> some show.
0: <laughs> some show. Well, you're going to come to Raleigh too. I'm excited to host you.
2: Yes, it's going to little in-person time together.
0: Yeah, and we'll be in this little closet that we're in, the Awakening Studio for podcasting. It's only about two by two, so <laughs> it's very oh. close.
2: We'll get intimate. As we do our podcasting,
0: That's right. Okay, so let's play this so that we can hear what she says.
1: Basically, my husband, once I asked him why we weren't having sex, we haven't really been for a few years now, he told me he's less attracted to my body. Um, I took that really hard because I have a history with chronic dieting and um, some mild disordered eating, and I had just made the decision that that wasn't healthy for me mentally or physically. So when he told me that, it kind of rocked my world, and I I tried to validate what he was saying, but I sort of spiraled into a depression. (laughs) It was pretty obvious that I didn't take it well. Um, And now I'm a little bit better, but I don't know how to go back to having the confidence to be intimate with him when my body hasn't really changed that much and just for some background we don't have kids we're young we're attractive um overall we're physically active and healthy so that's not a concern um i mean we work out like four plus times a week so i don't know i don't necessarily agree i guess with his feedback but i want to validate that he feels that way and i know it was hard for him to tell me in the first place yeah i guess how do you validate painful feedback and move past it productively.
0: Ugh, oh, so hard to hear this. This just feels so painful to me when I think about what she's gone through.
2: Yeah, that's it's, it's a big ouch. It's It sticks with you.
1: Mm.
0: So first she's saying, you know, how do I re-engage when I feel so rejected? And secondly, she said, you know, the first time he told her she didn't receive it really well, how could she receive it better, and maybe help him work this through a little bit more between them?
2: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I'm finding it hard to even come up with words to, you know, I trust people have good reasons for why they do what they do, and I mean, in a way, he's being honest, even though he's saying it in a in a in a, a really hurtful way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it sounds like she has some good kind of self-esteem about herself that's just being challenged here by him and you know I think that's healthy for her to put the ball back in his court to be able to say hey listen you know I kind of like who I am and how I look and this is how are you so focused how have you limited our sex life to just this little kind of thing that you're seeing and not access that we talk about best sex all these other areas that they could connect on emotionally spiritually erotically their mind like is he incorporating kind of so many of those things that could expand the levels of engagement sexually so again that's what would be my encouragement to her like how does she put the ball back on his court and ask like well what's his plan for becoming more Unless she's perfectly fit, is that the only way he's going to be a sexual being with her? Or or is she going to do his own I love your pursuer
0: part here, George. Well, it's it there it's like somewhere. It's a little angry. <laughs> but I'm glad. I mean, because I think we both feel the injustice. And, the, you know, this is super painful to hear from a partner. So, okay, what would you say, G, if somebody... So, if your partner said this to you, how how would you go about gently putting that back in their court? Where's your your lead in your warm up, all that?
2: You know, it, it's hard to keep your brain green when you're kind of in a pain response. But I think she's looking; she's settled back down. She's invested. She wants to be able to reach out to him. You know, so to be able to be honest and say, "Hey, that's." you know, really hurtful. I I mean, I think they need to do some repair work around the hurt. I think he needs to get how his honesty kind of creates a, it's not just a hurt. It's a hurt she carries with her all the time. Right. And now
0: she doesn't want to be sexual. I mean, it it would be really hard to be naked in front of somebody who said they're not sexually attracted to you.
2: Right. But now that he's opened up the door, I think it sounds like she has the courage to, to walk through that door, to lean into, like, what is it that you don't find attractive? You know, if I was this way, what would be attractive about it to you? Mm-hmm. Like, is it all physical for him? Is it all visual for him? What is the turn on? What's the gas pedal for him? You know, what is the, If he can find words to the, to the break, what's the turn off? It disgusts him. And we can start having conversations, understand his world. You know, I think it's so hard for her to lean in because it's it's hurtful to her, but there's something blocking his kind of natural expression of love for her.
0: I also think, and this is kind of deeper than the surface, that when somebody loses attraction and relatively nothing has changed, I, I think being intimate sexually is tough. You know, we have to open ourselves. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be naked body and soul and and that's tough to do. So I, I think sometimes it's an inner block in the withdrawer.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I'd, I don't want to be that intimate. And so they find kind of a, a surface reason of, oh well, you know, this is what we'll, what I'll say or what I'll feel because to keep giving myself in this way is just too hard for me. I, I, I want her to hear that I don't mm-hmm. think it's about her body you know, if she's working out four and five times a day, and and it's better for her mentally to not be so obsessed with dieting. And okay, maybe there's a few pounds here or there. But it's like, I mean, she seems to be pretty honest. She's not the type that would gain 50 pounds and not talk about it. She's saying, you know, I, I disagree kind of with his assessment. So I, I think there's something inside him, you know, and I don't know that you can press somebody to do their own work, but no. as a therapist, I can sure think that.
2: It's trying to walk in his shoes. If you're working out all the time and you're really into your body and you're into other bodies as you're kind of watching it, you know, it, it, our brain gets more focused on that aspect and it loses kind of other. I think for a lot of men, it's a big transition just being with one person and being married and, and and you know we can call it I'm not attracted to you but I agree I think it's much deeper than that I think the intimacy in general making that shift from hey we're dating and we have this physical act to deepening in your lovemaking you know trying to be more engaged emotionally in the rest of your body and your mind like I think that's an adjustment men need help making and it's an easy excuse some of the time to just say, "Hey, listen, I'm not attracted to you and dump it all on your partner mm-hmm. without needing to do your own work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And And I do think you know there's certainly maybe an adjustment if you've become monogamous and you've committed to that and you're used to having more partners and then there's porn, you know, mm-hmm. where the bodies, you
1: perfect. know, you can
0: look at perfect bodies all the time all day long. You know, and that's, I I would imagine, very exciting to the male brain to see that. And then you're looking at one partner who you can notice, oh, there's a little bit of change here, there's a little bit of change there, and that's not perfect, and okay, how are we gonna help men with this,
2: George? Well, the questions you're asking are really helpful. I mean, is he shut down in sexuality, or is he now turning towards porn, and he's masturbating, you know, coupled every day? You know, if Mm -hmm. that's happening, how is he supposed to ever get attracted to his wife? Mm-hmm. Right? So we need to understand what's happening on his side.
0: I know before we started, we talked about male and female withdrawers, and it does seem like a strategy that I find in the male withdrawal is dilution. The sexual withdrawer. Oh, wait. Right. The male sexual withdrawer. right. Right. They dilute it. You know, they mm-hmm. look at porn, they look at other women, they fantasize about other women. Women, sexual withdrawers seem to shut it down you know they shut down all of their libido because of the difficulties in staying vulnerable and open in this important area of life
2: right so what do you do how do we get this guy to want to see you said you can't force people to do the work she can hold up the mirror and try to get him to see things but how do we create an environment where he wants to do the work for himself not out of guilt not want to kind of make her happy, but he wants to explore himself. Okay? That's my sense of the billion dollar question. When you can get the sexual withdrawal to get curious about themselves sexually, you're good. I know once a withdrawal does that, we're gonna be fine. As long as you're exploring and you're trying to understand, you're gonna get it. It's, and mm-hmm. That's the frustrating part as a therapist. It's like all it takes is a little bit of work, a little bit of understanding, a little bit of risk, and you're gonna be have a great sex life. Mm-hmm. But for so many people, they don't want to, and we'll talk about, this is really common with females. Yeah. They don't want to explore themselves sexually mm-hmm. and if that you can't work through that block it's really hard to move these things
0: well I I think that yes it it is hard to get women to explore their bodies and their sexual experience but I think it's really hard to get men who are shut down to explore mm-hmm. like why would I be turning to the idea of other women and porn instead of my partner like this is blocking me and just to examine that it's like you know, you're telling me I am I should be guilty about this. I mean, there's all this kind of stuff yeah. that comes up. You're not sex positive if you say that to me. And it's like, hey, this kind of do you want to be sexually attracted to your partner? I, I did work with a couple, a male, who felt this. And, I mean, his partner, I saw her. She lifted weights regularly. She was very fit. But she had gone from, like, a size 4 to a size 6. And, George, you may not know what that is, but... That's like from teeny, teeny to teeny, you know, it's like super, super tiny to still very small. And, and he just, he was actually kind of had a small frame as a man. So part of his sense of masculinity was in being bigger than she was. And now she was about the same size as he was. So some of it was, he was losing his attraction Really, it was an internal thing. And fortunately, he was able to see that, get a hold of that, and and realize that the other thing, he really liked it when they were dating because she she came on to him more. She was more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then once they were married, she had kind of got this sense from him that he wasn't as attracted to her, so she shut down. Yeah. And so it was a double whammy, you know. She was getting the message; she's not attractive. She's too big at a size six, and and he was, you know, not getting the energy from her that he needed. It was such a toxic loop. But they, he really did put in the work because he wanted to stay married. He wanted to be attracted to her, and and they changed. Yeah. Yeah. What does it's, that mean?
2: It's 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 um feeling stuck on how to inspire this man to want to do the work for himself. You know, it'd be great for him to be around other men that really could could invite him to know himself sexually in so many other parts of who he is.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think he's just got a bit of tunnel vision here. Mm-hmm. And if you got tunnel vision and you don't want to do the work, I mean, this is the tricky part. If you're a sexual withdrawer, to explore blocks, you actually have to go into the emotional world Mm-hmm. And if you're also an emotional witcher, it's like, I don't want to do that either. So it's it's not that there's a block, it's, it's there's, I don't want to explore the block, mm-hmm. right? Which means how are things going to change? It's mm-hmm. such an, it a convenient thing to just put it on another person and not have to see your part in it.
1: Yeah. And I guess
2: that's what I'm just trying to figure out how to get him invested to see he needs to understand himself better can his wife do things differently sure and that would be helpful to have those conversations but it's too easy to focus on her and for him to not look at himself and I guess that's what I would encourage her to do like be able to hold up the mirror and say wait a second you know I'm I'm open to what you have to say and doing things differently What what are you open to doing
1: what's your part in this
0: <laughs> no yeah. Okay, let's come back on the break and talk a little bit more George, you know how we recommend vibrators because it takes most women about 45 minutes, you know, soup to nuts to reach an orgasm. And now we have a sponsor, Dame Products, who really has a couple of good vibrators that I'd love to recommend
2: to our people. Let's hear what you got, Lori. What do they got for us?
0: Okay, so they've got two vibrators. One is called Air, and it's like a suction cup, kind of mimics oral sex for a woman. It's a powerful arousal tool for the clitoris. I really think y'all should try this. It's a good deal. And they have another product called Eva. It's an iconic product of theirs. It's like a hands-off vibrator for couples that you can kind of with one finger hold it in place when you're having intercourse and so it's it's good for that and i just want you to go to dameproducts.com use the code foreplay today for 15 percent off that's code foreplay to take 15 percent off your first order at dameproducts.com
2: sounds good
0: we'd just love to invite you to our great sex great love couples retreat on friday october 28th 2022 10 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. George and I are really going to help you apply what you learn in the podcast to your relationship. So if your marriage or partnership is functional, but it's not that exciting, or you want to deepen that connection and really improve your intimacy or, you know, make sex something that isn't just a check off your list and try to bring the sizzle back, please join us. We are going to spend a whole day enhancing your relationship and intimacy dealing with the cycle, making it safe for you to talk about desire, talk about the actual sex acts that you're doing, also express what's going on in your mind, body, and heart, and your spirit to find deeper sexual connection with each other. That's October 28th. You can find it on foreplaysextherapy.com under our resources to sign up now.
2: Uber Lube, partnering with Foreplay Radio for a while. We really believe in this product because it's hard to have good sex when it's dry or painful. Take the pressure off. Use Uber Lube to be able to enjoy the present moment. Get deeper into the connection with your partner.
0: Oh. I love what you're saying and I think it certainly is something that we need to manage dryness but I also just think you know it's so slippery it can be used all over the body just to enhance that skin on skin feeling.
2: And it's silicone based. I don't have to be a sex therapist like Lori to know silicone based makes it just a little bit better.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's actually good for the body and it's condom friendly which is great. Doctors are recommending it everywhere. I've been using it and recommending it for 20 years now. Uberlube.com is where you find it with the coupon Foreplay. Please use that to support us at the podcast. You get 10% off. It's a great product. I think the only leverage she has is her pain. Like, you know, I get that, yeah, there's been some changes in my body and, Maybe you liked it better when I was a few pounds lighter. But for me, my health depends on giving up this toxic dieting kind of Mm -hmm. mindset. You know, I've been I'm so much happier these days and I'm strong and I'm fit. And it's just so painful to hear your rejection. And I'm finding myself shut down. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't come to the sexual relationship with freedom and, you know, losing my inhibition because I I just feel the judgment every time. I, I'm just curious to how you feel about me saying this. I, I think that's her only leverage, George. As as a pursuer, I mean, wouldn't you agree if if she says if she says what you said and I love I love that you have a little pursuer in you or a lot of pursuer in you, you know, it's like you're, but there's a push and it's like, well, I'm willing to do this. What are you willing to do? I mean, he's going to, he's going to slam shut.
2: Well, I, I agree. You want to start off with the vulnerability, right? You want to start off if if he gets her pain and feels her pain and he loves her, it should motivate his body to do something differently, right? So and I, I assume she probably has already tried to do that. But yes, I totally agree. That's the starting point. Mm-hmm. And if he feels, well, I don't want my wife to hurt like that, I got to understand myself better, then we're there. Mm-hmm. But if he's not willing to do that, and I've worked with some men who aren't,
0: Yep, me it's too. a lot
2: safer for them to just keep putting in on the other person. And I think if that's the situation she finds herself in, she has to be able to stand up for herself even if you he can't hear it. Right, to be able to kind of, that's the assertive part that's not reactive with a pursuer. Mm-hmm. That's saying, hey, this isn't okay. Right, you're putting it all on me even when I'm willing to do my part. And you're not willing to kind of flex, you're not willing to see your part of it. Like I do think it's important for pursuers to name that.
0: Okay, how would you say that? I, I. I How would you say that without?
2: Well, I think when you're standing up for self, it's less about if your partner can hear it and more about you need to do this to save yourself from going into shame and believing it is all you.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean,
2: that's going to do some horrible things to her.
0: Absolutely.
2: So that ability to say, even if you can't hear this, like, I need to say this. I think that's important.
0: What about this? Okay, I'm going to try it. You know, I know for my mental health, hon, I can't do the dieting thing anymore. I'm obsessed with it. You know, I feel bad. I feel shame all the time. And the reality is, when I don't diet, I stay within about ten pounds, and and I'm more in touch with my hunger. And overall, this is just a healthier way for me to live. And I realize for you, you know, that weight difference makes a difference. But I gotta say. This is who I am. This is what I have to do for my health. And I want our relationship to be sexual. And it's just, you know, it's so painful to me to not be physically, sexually connected to you. You know, I I find I can't come towards you because of, you know, my fear of rejection. And you're not coming toward me. And I really want our relationship to be sexual. Is that what you want? And how does it land on you that this is who I got to be?
2: I like it. And you're sending a direct signal. You're being vulnerable with it. You're trying to say it in a way I might be able to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives the best chance to have a conversation. Once this couple can start having a conversation and he can engage, there's hope they can do it differently. Mm -hmm. Again, my fear, maybe why I'm being a little reactive, I have worked with a lot of men who just refuse to have the conversation.
0: Okay, let's say there's no conversation.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And there's no sex. They're in trouble. They're in real trouble.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I I hear this all the time, and people let it go on for years. I mean, she said, essentially, it's already been a few years that he's not coming toward her sexually very much. How long do you say, this is fine, we're functioning, we're raising kids? Oh, they're not even raising kids. Oh, man, they're not even raising kids. Right. You know.
2: Right. Well, again, it's... We, we don't, we're not getting his side of the story. We don't know what's going on. So it's, we're just kind of generalizing for all couples here. But if your partner's not attracted to you, and is not willing to look at that, it's a pretty discouraging spot to be stuck in. And I think for your own health, you have to stand up and expect more from the relationship. And how you said it was a beautiful way of saying it.
0: Okay, and let's, let's wait th- three months, and nothing's changed. Now, what do we do? Th- this is what I tell people, and you you tell me if I'm right or wrong, George, is I say to them, when change absolutely needs to happen, you know, something is too toxic, you've been sexless, you've, you know, something is too toxic, I say, pick a date, pick a date at a reasonable interval out, you know, maybe it's six months, and you say, at six months, if nothing has changed, then I'm going to like put a stake in the ground right now and say, this tells me the state of the union is not good. And I can't keep going this way. Because if you, if you just get to six months, and then it's like, oh, let's, let's have that conversation again, it'll be another six months. And pretty soon, I mean, people have wasted their youth and you know. And they're in relationships that are or are, are worse, right now this couple has a child and you know, maybe they have sex once and they hit it and and now they're bound in a new way and he's still not coming toward her sexually. That that's just that's not a life. That's not a marriage to me.
2: I think it's healthy to put up a marker. That says things have to change and what I'm measuring is have things change if they haven't changed can you at least talk about things not changing as long as you can talk there's chance of repair if there's no change and there's no talk that that's just like a death sentence that nothing's going to change but again People take vows, they have their own values with this stuff, they gotta make a decision on what they wanna do if they're in a relationship where things are not changing. And some people will stick that out and continue to hope for change. And if that's, I I think to make it that informed decision yourself to say, hey look, I gave it six months, there's been no conversation, nothing's changing, it's likely things are not gonna change, this is a pretty discouraging spot, what do I wanna do with that spot? Right? and that's everyone's choice to make sure, uh, sure. You know, and i wouldn't look down on somebody who said you know what i I've, I've made a vow and i'm gonna try to stick in this just like i wouldn't for somebody who said this isn't a marriage and i would rather be free of this and you know the, the, these are these tough spots that i think everyone has to figure out on their own
0: i agree but i mean maybe there could be steps you know at six months you know maybe it's like you initiate a separation it's like it's no longer cozy. It's no longer convenient to, to function together. And it's like, you know, I, it's another six months we're living apart so that your partner can say, you know, do I really want this or not? I'm not saying divorce. Although I think for some people, to me, the vow is also about fidelity and fidelity cuts both ways. It's not just keeping away from all others. It's a promise. I. It, it's a promise onto a sexual relationship, isn't it? I mean, we, uh-huh. we say I, well, in my vows, it was with my body, I the v- worship, you know, as Episcopal Anglican vows. And it's like, it wasn't just, I'm gonna be faithful. It's like, I'm gonna be with you.
2: Right. Well, I think there's another complexity we haven't talked about that's also important for a male sexual withdrawal.
0: Okay, help me.
2: If you're not attracted, it don't work and now it, you, you you that's that's a whole nother level of fear that it brings up you can't maintain an erection you're not being a man like there's a whole i think for females that are not aroused they can still be receptive they can still have sex mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's it's not this, you know a guy if you're not it's not working it's 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 the game's over there and you have to feel yeah. the humiliation of that so that's why I think we need a lot more information. like when he says he's not attractive, does that mean he won't be able to get aroused? And yeah. well, how does he get aroused? And you know what is going on? There's just so many unanswered questions with what's blocking him from what he's calling it's, he's oversimplifying it and putting it on her. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would be my main takeaway as we're discussing this case is, how does he share responsibility to look at this together? This is a relationship problem. Right. And the more they can talk about it that way to say, what is it in their negative cycle that's causing him to feel this way about her and her to not want to engage and be sexual and like, and all her hurt. There's so much happening between the two of them that both of them want to sit back and say, you know, fix him, fix her. How do we get them to do the therapy, couple therapy work that all of us need to do?
0: And maybe it don't work like on site. You know, like the, he doesn't get an instant erection, but I wonder if he can switch his mode from visual stimulation to sensual mm-hmm. stimulation. You know, maybe he can learn, like, okay, yeah, I I don't have that same pop when I look at her, but you know, when she starts touching me, when she goes down on me, when we're in talking and feeling that love, I do get aroused.
2: Right. I remind myself not to get discouraged. Because that's getting pulled into the negative cycle. If you love somebody, it's the most natural thing to be turned on and want to make love with them. Like what is actually there is much more powerful than what's blocking it. Sometimes these blocks seem so overwhelming. We're like, oh, this is never going to work. Right? If this man loves her, he can figure it out. He can figure out how to kind of make love to her in a way that's seeing her being, not just getting so caught up in whatever the physicality is that he's noticing.
0: I would also say on the flip side, that if he doesn't figure it out, it's just not a big enough love to last a lifetime. I mean, I'm not saying that, that she has to divorce him. I don't want to make that decision. But I mean, the reality is, if your partner can't see your need, Sexually, mm-hmm. and that marriage is about a sexual relationship, and they're not willing to do it. I mean,
2: you're signing up for a lifetime of rejection and pain with you're it signing never up, being up for comforting. a lifetime
0: right with th- say it again, please louder you are
2: signing up for a lifetime of pain and rejection, never getting any comfort or healing in that place
0: like uh yeah, thank you
2: so. You have good reasons to be struggling here. And thank you for sharing your story. I think your story is pretty universal. We all know what it's like to be rejected. We all know what it's like to have insecurities. We all sometimes have our own problems with our partner and kind of how to express that. I mean, this is a universal story. But if you can mm-hmm. talk about it with your partner, you can get through the other side. You could tap into kind of why you're married to each other. I fully believe that if both people are open to doing it and seeing their relationship. You know, if your partner's not, that's going to be much more challenging.
0: And maybe a micro step between moving out, setting that six-month mark and moving out, maybe it's a demand like, you know, I'm going to move out or we're, we got to go to therapy. Exactly. You know, at least therapy has a chance to help you, you know, a therapist to help your partner articulate and think about... All these other things. So, yeah, I, I think definitely it's fair to demand. Look at I, we need to go to therapy. This, this is not working. Sexlessness is not going to work for either one of us, because we know, if they're sexless, they are at risk. You know, if, if he's not attracted to her, and he's not having sex with her, he's absolutely at risk for other partners. Yeah you know to come in and inter- interrupt and then i mean that's another like salt in the wound he's rejected her he's with somebody else i mean why wait for that you know and she too i mean she's vulnerable as well it's like what about when somebody pays attention to her and says hey you're smoking hot baby Whew. after 4 years of your husband mm-hmm. not looking at you that that's a yeah. that's a huge temptation and why end that way versus consciously and intentionally
2: for anyone listening if your partner is pointing a finger at you as the problem in the relationship that's not fair it's always both of you there's always something between the two of you that is needed to change if you want to overcome these things so that's why going to a therapist you know you're not each other's therapist to get somebody else that can help you lean into these places to understand yourself better you need new information to have new conversations and right now we just don't have that information
0: bless you hang in there get the help you need thanks for listening y'all
2: keep it hot. Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.